You're listening to Little Girl Dreams, a podcast by Chelsea Reed. Join me to talk about the disability and the support from family, friends, and the rehabilitation team. Hi guys, so today I have a guest with me. His name is Wayne. Um, so can you introduce yourself, Wayne? Hi Charles, how are you? Hi everyone, my name is Wayne Hubbard. I'm 61 years of age and had a stroke uh, while snorkeling with my buddy. Okay, so the first the first um, question is, what were you doing? Where are you snorkeling for? We were um, up at Heron Island with my next door neighbour and who's my best friend. He also happens to be a GP. Um, yes. And we were snorkeling. I free dive um, normally, but because we didn't have any equipment with us, we were just snorkeling to have a look at the reef. But I was sort of free diving and hanging on to the reef. I didn't have any lead weight on. Yeah. So we were free diving um, uh, down and um, I was hanging on to the reef and having a look around and then coming back up. Yeah. And um, I was talking to him and asking him if he'd seen any coral trout. And he said, no, I haven't seen any. And then I dived down and saw a really big coral trout under a ledge yeah. and uh, and came up to the surface and said to him at that time, hey, Pete, come over here and look at this uh, coral trout under this ledge. And uh, he was quite away from me at that stage. And he said, what, I can't understand you. I said, come over here. At least that's what I thought I said. Come yeah. over here and look at this trout under the ledge. And he came over closer and... Um, he said, I don't know, are you all right? He said, you don't look very well and you're slurring your speech. And he said, are you all right? And I said, yeah, I'm fine. Come and look at this fish. But you were just like, rudder, 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 rudder. Yeah, yeah, blah, 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 trap is all he could understand. And then he got closer again and could see that, like, being a doctor and a GP, yeah, um, he instantly recognised behind my mask that my face had dropped. And, really? um and he went, shit, you've had a stroke and we've got to get you out of the water into a helicopter and off to hospital right now. And with that, I remember thinking, shit, you're a bit melodramatic, Pete. You're sort of <laughs> overreacting a tad. I feel fine. And that's the last thing I remember, Charles. There's a couple of little bits like you. I've listened to your podcast like you. There's little tiny bits in between that I remember. Yep. I remember laying on the deck of the boat. I remember them yelling at me to try to get me to put weight on my left leg because the stroke was in the right side of my brain, which affected my left side of my body. With the phage as well? No, no. I've been um, I've been pretty lucky. Uh, so to continue that story, he he was able to get me on the boat, get a helicopter out. They had a landing um, uh, helipad on the deck on the uh, island. So they got me into a helicopter off to Rockhampton Hospital uh, where they did some scans and found the clot in my brain and then had, with all that time that had passed, they had 10 minutes left that Heather had to, my wife had to make a decision on whether to do a clot buster on it or not. And so they did. Is, it, is your stroke called a clot buster? No, the, the uh, treatment that they were able to give me, they got to me in time where there was 10 minutes to do this. Apparently it's quite a dangerous process, so they said yeah. to her at the time, do you want to do 
uh, clot buster. We recommend it, but it's quite dangerous. You have to give approval. Luckily, my son-in-law, um, Amy's partner, is um, a GP. And, As well. Uh, so you had two doctors. Well, the GP that I was with had no communication because they were out of mobile range. So he sent me off in the helicopter not knowing whether I would survive or not. Um, and then Heather was came with me in the helicopter. She was able to ring my son-in-law. They were on their honeymoon in Tasmania. Yeah, I think Should that. I do this? And um, and he was with his dad, who's also a GP. Oh my god, so many doctors! <laughs> and he said, he said, yes, definitely do that clot busting drug. And they performed that, and then medevac me via Royal Flying Doctor down to Brisbane. Yep. But by the time I got to Brisbane, I started to filter back. Uh, so the clot busting drug was successful. So what's and- the time frame? So you in the water. You got a helicopter. You got a clot buster. Like how? Like how many hours is it? I think it's maybe. I think it's maybe two hours that you've got to give. So time is of the essence with clots. You know, this is probably why it's so important to get some public awareness around this. That uh, to look for the signs, which he saw the sign of my face drooping and the slurred speech. That were the dead giveaways for him, and then. Then, you know, literally after thinking to myself that I, he's overreacting because I feel fine, yeah. I passed out and he had to swim me back to the boat and get me back on board the boat. Really? So, you know, another three and or Heather four. Heather was on the boat? Sorry? And then Heather was on the boat? No, no, she wasn't on the boat. She didn't know until we got back to the island, which was just around the corner. It was only... Literally, they had 20 divers in the water at the time that they had to get onto the boat as well. They couldn't leave them behind. So we lost a little bit of time there, but they were really efficient in doing all that. Got me back onto the boat, then got me onto the island. Meanwhile, the helicopter via radio was on its way out to me. Yeah, so your neighbour is calling the helicopter and saying... Yeah, yeah, the the island called the helicopter and uh, the doctor on board and they got straight out to the island, got me into Rockhampton and that clot buster. So without him recognise it, you know, literally 10 seconds later I would have been face down in the ocean, um, drowned, you know, like it wouldn't have been a happy scenario but the fact yeah. that he was there and recognized the symptoms that's and they, the Rockhampton hospital said that they'd never treated anyone that's had a stroke in the ocean because most people just slowly you know it was it, I don't know about you but it was very peaceful like I wasn't in any um you know I wasn't in any stress or distress yeah. uh, at all the whole time that I was you know uh brain damage with the clot yeah um it was all quite uh, calm and and uh there was no no stress related to it uh and then they did the clot buster and transferred me to brisbane um, so he, the the surgery is it like a clamp or is it like a like what's I can't. So my my clot is probably a little bit different to yours, and my yeah. clot came from somewhere, um, and it turns out that it came from my heart. Uh, clot oh. formed in my heart, and then when the clot pushed out of my heart, it goes straight to your brain, 
and blocks the artery in your vein. Oh, wow. So they had to, uh, they give you an injection into your blood. I don't know whether they, I don't think they go, I think they just basically give it to your whole body and that breaks up that clot and dissolves it. Yeah. And then as it dissolves, little pieces then break off and go into further deeper into your brain that, that they remain also for an extended period of time. Yeah. So, so what medicine after the your surgery? So then they put me on blood thinners and, and heart regulators because um, once, once they had worked out that what sort of stroke it was yeah. and I think yours might have been formed inside your brain from listening to what you had to say. I think yeah. I'd actually formed at the source of the clot, you know, when yeah. one was in my heart and it went through the vein to my brain. Yeah, yeah. So slightly different um, cause. So because after after I had recovered, I, when I got to Brisbane, I quickly recovered and I start remembering things from then on. Yeah. There's not a lot that I remember. I remember a little bit of helicopter and a little bit of on the deck of the boat Yeah, and a little bit of the surgery uh, ward. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Enough. Were you nervous about diving? Like maybe it's diving caused it or? I think it probably was. But oh, really? It's, it's uh, well, originally they thought, they assumed that, Everyone's born with a hole in their heart and it heals up after, you, after you're born. Yeah, I've got a and, hole in my heart. And some people have that, that hole stays open. Yeah. And when you dive, free dive, quite often it'll form a clot on one side of your heart and push through that hole onto the other side of your heart and then go to your brain. Yeah, but you haven't so, got a hole in your heart. So they went looking for that, assuming that that's what it was. So the ultrasound down my throat and on the front part of my heart couldn't find any holes. So then they put a loop recorder into my chest, which is like a little uh, microchip that records your heart beat 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and reports back to them. And within a week um, I went into what they call AF, atrial fibrillation, and that's when the top chamber of your heart beats differently to the bottom chamber of your heart. And it's not in sync. So during that time, it can be um, it can be uh, a clot forms in your heart. Yeah. Uh, while it's in AF, and the result of that is then when your heart starts beating properly, it flushes it out into your brain. Yeah. So then they they narrowed it down to that it is AF, and they treat that slightly different to the way that they were treating me, which is heart regulator and more aggressive blood thinning. Um, and, uh, yeah, so they control the rhythm of your heart with what they call a beta blocker, and uh, that's a calcium blocker that makes your heart beat regularly as well yeah. as blood thinning so that it can't your blood can't clot again. Yeah. Um, so you're still on the medication? I'll be on them forever now because yeah. of this AF thing. Since, since then I've had another trip back to hospital because um, – medication that I was on uh, burnt my esophagus so it gave me three ulcers in my in my um, oh. stomach and what kind of, um, because I had um, so many medicines but uh, what's the name of the uh, not aspirin 
but what do you got? Metrocoplamide, I think it is. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's, uh, I get confused. There's that, I've got probably about six or eight medications that I'm on at the moment that are all designed to, you know, I've also got rheumatoid arthritis. Oh, okay. Which I've had for a little while, which has got its own set of medications. So, yeah. um, and they were pretty interested in the fact that I'd only just had my, um, uh, what's name, um, injection, um, COVID injection, because that can have side effects of clotting as well. But what? It, it turned out to be a different type of clot that's not related. So, they stopped yeah. looking there. They looked pretty hard at that for a little while and then stopped. COVID oh. injections is so scary. Yeah. I went to the hospital for injections because I had, like, I got whole, um, palpitations in my heart and, like, shortness of breath. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, that's just normal. Like, you got um, inflamed um, your heart, but you're you're fine. You can go home. It's just like. What? <laughs> That's one of the side effects too. Is uh, you know swollen heart. Yeah, uh, yeah. From it, yeah. So, do you have to go every six months for an MRI? Uh, no, I probably won't. Now that we're um, now that they've worked out the medication, they they uh, solve the heartburn problem, like the ulcer problem. Yeah. By changing the medication again and. Um, uh so yeah they they um are pretty happy with the the uh so you know you go to the neurologist she does want to see me for six months and the um the the cardiologist is another six months from now so uh i've still got the chip in my chest which is like a microchip that reads my heart yeah and um that will be there for a couple of years before it goes flat, which is pretty amazing technology. What the hell? Yeah, and it reads your heart 24 hours a day, seven days a week and downloads it when you're in bed at night. What is it, an app? Yeah, it's a, it's a little microchip. So forget about COVID microchip. I've actually got one for sure, for real. They put <laughs> in there with a like this gun. And, uh, yeah, so they put that in there and when you lay down at bed at night the, the machine sits on your bedside and uh, it downloads the whole day's heart rhythms to the to your bedside and then sends it off and if there's yeah, any anomalies like if there's any um uh you know af atrial fibrillation yeah. then it will send a message to the doctor and say that the patient has had this incident and then he'll contact me and work on the medication more, you know. But they just increased the uh, heart regulator uh, yep. dose a bit more because it had gone into AF twice since I um, since I had the stroke, and yep. they're confident that they I shouldn't have any more of that happening. Yeah. Um, so. And um, how is your family? Because I don't know if you know the episode. When my family, the doctor said the, to my family, you can go see Chelsea, but just be very cautious. Just be happy. Don't worry about like stresses. Just be happy for Chelsea, but you can cry for one by yourself. Yeah. 
So what does your family do? Like, does, do you see them getting getting sad or like angry? Like, it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty interesting how grateful you know. I'm I'm very lucky, Charles, because I um, within 24 hours I made an almost full within 48 hours I'd made a full recovery. Got had been discharged from hospital, and I was in my own home within 48 hours of arriving at hospital, which is bizarre. Yeah. And I had my full strength back, full coe, you know, all of my strength back in my hands and my face had gone back to where it should have been. And so it's quite a miracle that That's it was such a great outcome. But it does wake you up. It does change the way that you, you know, it's sort of a little bit of a, you know, my family are closer to me now than they've ever been and they do treat special occasions with a different kind of uh, yeah. attitude, you know, that we're all very grateful. We've sort of won the lottery, if you know what I mean, by, Absolutely. you know, in that period of time my daughter's had a baby and uh, oh. Chloe's got married and all of those things you would have missed had Pete not been there, you know. So the doctor said to me loud and clear, he said, just be careful that you don't go down the what-if rabbit hole, you know, what if he hadn't been there, what if, you know, because that will drive yeah. you nuts. Yeah. And uh, same with your family, you know, they've kind of got, got to be grateful. My story's uh, so much better than um, the outcome that you you have gone through and your family have I had had listened to your podcast and they were told that you, you had a 90% chance of um, not making it at all. Yeah. And that's true to say probably for all stroke victims, if they're not attended to in a timely manner, then the op- opportunities to treat those people become less and less. Yeah. Uh, and the success rate and injury to your brain is less, is more dramatic. So. Yeah, and I think you as well, you've got to be happy, like, far out. Nelly, like, not died, but, like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, your, your, your recovery is quite miraculous and the amount of effort that you've put into, um, into your rehab is quite astounding I've been lucky in as much as uh you know I was left with a slight slur for maybe two or three months and I'd choke a little bit yeah because my uh throat was still paralyzed a little and uh but it's quite amazing how how damaged my brain was on the scan and uh how the scan that I did about a month later still showed big pockets of damaged brain cells that they can see on the scan, yet have no side effects, you know, have no symptoms. Yeah. Um, So so is that your only um, physical impairment now? No, no, virtually none. Every now and then I get a little uh, tongue-tied, you know, when I'm talking. I've got a little bit of a slur and a little bit tongue-tied. Yeah. Um, aside from that, you know, I have my physical strength back and I have uh, full memory of what happened before and a few little spots of what happened and full memory of what has happened since. So um, it just goes to, you know, just again I say that if if there's a takeaway from this, if anyone suspects somebody of, you know, if somebody's vague or, or, um, you know, have trouble recognising where they are or, you know, don't don't mess around because every minute is so crucial to a better outcome, you know, every single minute. She, 
had they had 10 minutes to spare to, before they couldn't do that clot buster. That is unbelievable. You know, right. that's into a helicopter, off to a hospital, into surgery to get scans done, yeah. results back, 10 minutes, you know, and they wouldn't have been able to do that. Then it would have been into the operating theatre and probably not a lot different to the sort of outcomes that you've had, you know. Yeah. At best, even, at best, you know. Yeah, and then, like, the first day I had a stroke, Hayden called the ambulance and I have no recollection like if it wasn't for Hayden I don't know what to do like it's just like maybe I don't uh, I have no idea again the what ifs you know if he hadn't been so on the ball yeah um you know it would have been a dramatically different outcome um you know a friend of mine was telling me a story of his friend who had had a stroke while he was snorkeling and he just uh he passed away you know he didn't make it so um you know, I'm, I'm really grateful and uh, humbled by the fact that you get another chance and, uh, you know, you've got to make the most of that. So the little things are important to me now, which are yeah. family and friends. That's absolutely. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, without those people around you, you kind of don't have a life anyway. So it's, uh, it, it's a real bonus, you know. It's a wake-up call that you get. Absolutely. Um, and you're um support family is so strong yeah yeah we're we're really fortunate you know like we count our blessings you know we were a family probably that counted our blessings before anything like this happened yeah but when you get these wake-up calls they're a real you know they're a real uh slap in the back of the head that says properly wake up do you know what i mean like count every minute you know savor every minute and count every blessing you know that's so great. we're grateful to each other all the time. It's um, it's been quite a nice, you know, yeah. a, a nice reckoning. I seen your you had an accident, like you had a stroke, and I was just like, what? Like this yeah. is unbelievable. Like it's just the the your story is unbelievable. I you know I you know again I count myself as very fortunate that I was. In, you know, I was in the company of somebody that could recognise it fast enough and um, and my outcome is probably the best outcome that you could possibly have for such a massive stroke. You know, it was a it was a huge clot. It was like one-third of my brain probably, um, yeah. uh, you know, that was blocked off with no blood flow that was slowly dying, you know. Yeah. But the moment they restore blood to it, it sort of pops back and does its thing and, but one thing that the post-stroke was that I wasn't allowed to do anything for a month. I wasn't allowed to think. I wasn't allowed to, um, you know, stress, uh, you know, all of those things. They said your brain basically is like it's been burned. And if you can imagine a burn, a burnt arm and you walk past and knock it against yeah. the table, it would hurt. That's the same as your brain. Your brain's been badly damaged and it's you need to give it time to heal Absolutely. without stressing it. So you've got to put all the stresses out of your life. So I just basically went and cleared my calendar. I was building a house at the time. Yeah. And I just basically said for the next month all your trades go away, leave me alone. I'm not Were you going bored to... by it? Sorry? Were you bored? No, no, it was actually kind of nice. I'd never ever in my life given myself a month off yeah. to do nothing and but lay on the lounge. I put on about 10 kilos, Charles. <laughs> <laughs> The fridge is right there and there's nothing to do but walk to it and back from it. 
and I wasn't, you know, so I pretty much just laid on the land for a month, uh, didn't think, uh, didn't, yeah. you know, I had never given myself permission not to think, you know, so it was actually really refreshing. It was quite a, it was quite a, uh, a beautiful time, you know, and then when you are allowed to start moving around and start doing things, then I was kind of back into it and finished off yeah. my hands. And, uh, so you're working with it again? Yeah, yeah. I've, um, but I'm, I've actually changed everything around and it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm much more focused on health than anything yeah. else now. Where are you working? Uh, I'm not working now. I just, uh, oh, right. I just uh, have finished... Actually, I've just got trades here at the moment that I'm just finishing the last tiny little bit of my house off. I did a full renovation on my house, and all of those things are part of, um, you know, probably what caused the problem. AF is a stress-related um, yes, condition quite often, and yeah. uh, I would say that lack of sleep and uh, high pressure is the cause of the AF. Yeah. Um, and the AF is the cause of the stroke. You know, yeah. so um, again, if there's one takeaway, it is try to, you know, if you see somebody that is vague or look for signs, which is, you know, muscle weakness, yeah. uh, you know, a slur and a drop face, yeah. if any of those symptoms are there, the most important thing is to get off to get that person into medical care as quickly as possible. That's it, yeah, yeah. You know, had Aiden, Aiden not uh, seen your vagueness and was worried about that and called an ambulance, your outcome would have been very, very different also. So, Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, lucky it's a weekend as well. Like it's just all the lines like match, like yeah. my um, story. Yeah. 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 But thank you so much. Um, I mean it. And, yeah. Thank you. I've listened to your story too, Charles. Keep up the good work. You're inspirational. Stop it. <laughs> uh, it's hard work doing this sort of stuff, you know, like the uh, rehab and that. Yeah, you've got to pucker up some courage. So uh, good on you. Yeah. It's good well, to see you, you well. Yeah. <laughs> are you, are you, uh, how's your body? Are you strong in your arms? Are you developing your strength back in your arms and that? Yep, especially my arms, but... Still working and working. My arms is good, but my hands, like, is very, very weak. Like, I can't chop up veggies. Like, yeah, it's very weak. So I'm still working on it. (laughs) The speech is great. And um, are you walking okay? Like, is is your – can you walk? Yeah, I can walk for, like, okay, that's it. Yeah. Um, I get really fatigued. Not my body, but my leg is fatigued. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm very happy and very like rewarding. Like, and you're still making progress. Did they expect expect that you'll make a full recovery? Will your brain grow new neuron paths? Yeah. To some people stuff? said yes, you make full recovery, and some people's like, oh, you never you never be the same again. Like I don't know, yeah. so many doctors and nurses. So who who knows? Like the brain is magnificent so yeah it's pretty good at making new paths well that's it yeah yeah um so okay i'll see you later (laughs) good luck charles all the best with everything bye take care bye